When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Michigan fans? It's Clayton Safey here with the Wolverine.com with five takeaways from Michigan's dominant 52 to 7 win over Indiana on Saturday at the Big House. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like this video, hit that thumbs up button. If you want Michigan to beat down Michigan State in East Lansing, hit the like button. If you want Michigan fans to take over Spartan Stadium on Saturday night, hit the subscribe button as well. Make sure to get that subscription to all of our Michigan content. And head to thewolverine.com for all of your Michigan coverage. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, please comment your biggest takeaway from Saturday's game against Indiana. Let's start it off with our first takeaway, Michigan with a slow start, but a great response in scoring the game's final 52 points after being down 7-0 at the end of the first quarter. 21-0 second quarter which was fantastic. But you you go back and you look at the offense, two straight two, uh, three and outs to begin the game. They'd only had 10 three and outs the first half of the season in those first six games. Three of those came in fourth quarters when the backups were in. Uh, but the Michigan offense responds with those 52 points. The defense allowed two long Indiana drives early on. One of them ends in that Rod Moore interception. The other one, a trick plate touchdown to Donovan McCulley, their wide receiver, who is now a, a uh, or was a quarterback converted to wide receiver a couple of years ago. He started at quarterback against Michigan in the big house in 2021. Didn't throw a touchdown pass. Then throws one in this game, uh, Keon Sab, his eyes stuck in the backfield and he allows that big play, but that was the only big play for Indiana. Really after that point, the Michigan defense makes their adjustments, tightens up. And you have to keep in mind too, that Indiana had a new offensive coordinator coming out of their bye week Rod Carey and Michigan went into this game not really knowing what they were going to get out of the Indiana offense. They said it was kind of a training camp game where it's hey, it's an opening game. There may be new coordinators, maybe a new head coach to the team you're playing. And even so, even if it's the same staff, you're playing, you know, new personnel, new ideas that they formed throughout the offseason, and you don't know what to expect. Kind of the same thing here. Took Michigan a couple drives really to adjust. And you have to credit Indiana too for what they did coming out early on. I thought their defense was really all over Michigan's, uh, some of their pass plays. Michigan came out throwing quite a bit, four passes in their first six plays in those two three and outs. And then on the other side, um, you know, I, I just thought that the Indiana offense, they were able to kind of run the ball a little bit. They were, you know, attacking Michigan's soft zone coverage. And it feels like uh, those things, Mich Michigan seems to play a little softer on the outside early on in games. Indiana recognized that and they had a little bit of success, but a fantastic response. Uh, Indiana had 147 yards to Michigan 17 after one quarter. Uh, and then after that, in the, the next two quarters, second and third combined Indiana with just 40 yards. They get 51 in the fourth quarter. But again, that's against Michigan backups. And uh, it was really a, a flawless performance after what was one of the worst first quarters Michigan's had in quite some time. Um, switching on to takeaway number two. And kind of going along with this, I mean, a lot of freaking out, a lot of the sky's falling type of stuff in the first quarter. Are we as good as we think we are? You know, a lot of it from the fan base. The team didn't react that way at all 
you know, the team came back and really responded to that adversity as well as they could have. And the takeaway here is that the standard has become so high where a couple drives don't go well. The, the other team moves the ball, but it ends in an interception in the red zone. And it's like, it's still a negative almost. But the fact that Michigan came up with that play, I mean, they did allow the trick play, but they're responding extremely well when a couple things this year have gone wrong. And that's really what you can ask. And you could almost, not everything's a positive, right? There's not, there are silver linings in a lot of things, but it doesn't mean that everything's a positive. I mean, you don't want to give up those yards. Indiana, again, they were able to run the ball a little bit. They they had some success through the air as well. I thought their defense started out the game strong. Those aren't great things. Like Michigan's got to clean up a couple of the things that went wrong early on. But the great part was that this team didn't flinch. Uh, you know, they were able to respond extremely well, as we said. And sometimes things are going to happen like this. Indiana played Ohio State tough for the majority of that game. Ohio State scored, what, 23 points in that game. Uh, you know, in Indiana also hung tough with Louisville, which is undefeated right now, coming off of, uh, you know, a win over Notre Dame last week. So this stuff happens in college football. Michigan still won seven straight games now by 24 or more points. It's the first time they've done that since 1976. So sometimes the 60 minutes of the game doesn't go the same exact way every single week. You're not going to get a pick six touchdown 12 minutes into the game every single week. But when you look back at the 60 minutes overall, Michigan played extremely, extremely well. Takeaway number three, the ball disruption for this Michigan defense was on display. Once again, they get the two pick sixes against Minnesota. The turnovers have definitely been ratcheted up this season compared to years past. Really under Jim Harbaugh, they've kind of struggled to get turnovers. I know a lot of it in the Don Brown era was playing man coverage. You know, you're not necessarily in his in position as much to get those takeaways. They start playing a little bit more zone the last couple of years. You see a few few more interceptions, uh, but now you're getting the forced fumbles. Last year, they had two forced fumbles. This year, they already have a handful of those through seven games. We saw four takeaways from the Michigan defense in this game. First time they've forced four turnovers in a game since October 5th, 2019. That was a 10-3 win over Iowa. Rod Moore's pick on the first drive, Mike Sane was still could have had one himself on that play, but he gets the batted one and tipped balls, overthrows. Those have to be picked off. Rod Moore is as good at that as anybody in the country from that safety spot, and he's starting to look better and better by the week right now. Mason Graham recovers a fumble. Jalen Harrell, I think, got a piece of that one as well. Mike Barrett comes just shot out of a cannon on a blitz, forces the fumble, recovers the fumble, pretty much all in one motion. That was a big play. And then Keon Sapp, uh, Taven Jackson floated a balloon downfield. Keon Sapp with his second interception in as many weeks. Nice return on that one as well. The players have talked about it this year, just the added emphasis they've had on ball disruption, whether that's batting passes down at the line or forcing fumbles, making sure they're getting on the arm of the quarterback, being in position to make interceptions, getting the head on the football to force fumbles down the field as well. They've had an emphasis on that before practice, during practice, after practice. Jay Harbaugh has led the charge on that, the ball disruption periods and pre-practice, according to a lot of guys, and it's really starting to pay off. So this Michigan defense, and some guys talked about it after the game yesterday, they're starting to correct things and make improvements at a higher level than other teams just because of the amount of success that they're having. And it's now paying off because those details are showing up in the game. So the Michigan defense... I mean, it also sets up the offense. Like scoring 52 points, I know they actually scored, the defense did, 
against Minnesota to get to 52 last week, but the offense scored all these 52 points against Indiana, but the defense setting them up in great positions and the special teams as well. We saw a nice return from Tyler Morris. Great block on that one from A.J. Barner driving his former roommate into the ground. Uh, So it's just all kind of working together right now as Michigan kind of rolls along. Let's get into our next takeaway, which is J.J. McCarthy just continues to make the magic happen for this Michigan offense. And we've talked about it in these in these segments all season long, the broken plays, the scramble drills. J.J. McCarthy called it scrambled eggs after the game. But looking at Sports Info Solutions, which tracks a lot of this, on broken plays, J.J. McCarthy this year, 9 of 10 for 185 yards and five touchdowns. That's five of his 14 scoring passes on the year coming on those broken plays. And there are other examples too. It's not just the touchdowns. It's not just those plays because there are more when he's kind of extending it and you wouldn't necessarily consider it a broken play. But his mobility back there is just incredible. And he is just, the game has totally slowed down for him when he gets outside of the pocket. Last year, he felt rushed a little bit at times. He'd bail early. Um, Even when he got out of there, he would just kind of run and, and uh, you know, maybe take a hit that he shouldn't. And We'll talk about it in a second. He did take too many hits, I thought, on Saturday. But now he is just so poised and in control. The Colston Loveland 54-yard touchdown where he's directing Colston, hey, go deep. There's one defender in between us. The defender makes the absolute wrong choice and goes after J.J. on that play. Colston Loveland wide open. He flips his hips, makes the adjustment. J.J. puts a little air under it. I thought that was a great pass. And uh, Colston Loveland's off to the races, uh, breaks a couple tackles to get into the end zone. The flip to Donovan Edwards with his right hand as he's rolling to his left shades of Jim Harbaugh, 1985 uh, against Iowa to Gerald white makes almost the identical play. Uh, Donovan gets down to the two Gerald white in the 85 scored a touchdown at Iowa in that number one versus number two game, Doug Karsh on the broadcast. Shout out to him. He had that one immediately. Dr. SAP on Twitter had that clip uh, almost immediately after that happened. So it was cool to see that flashback, but other subtle things that JJ is doing pre-snap during the snap, or, or during the play have been fantastic. He finishes 14 to 17 for 222 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, pass game as well. Have to mention, t- mention Tyler Morris, four catches for a career high, 54 yards. Seven of his eight catches this year, according to PFF, have come in the middle of the field. So he's really doing a good job getting open and making plays in that middle third. And then Samaj Morgan gets his second career touchdown on a screen pass from the seven yard line. It Great comment on our message board. Somebody saying, you know, he looked like he was going to get tackled for a loss at a couple different points during that catch and run. But then he remembered, hey, we're Michigan. They're Indiana. I'm going to score. And he weaves his way, breaks a couple tackles at the end and gets in the end zone. Samaj Morgan is really carving out a role for himself on a few plays every week. But those could be key plays uh, as that touchdown was on Saturday. Moving on to takeaway number five couple things can be cleaned up. As we said, not all of this is positive. Because you responded well doesn't mean that everything was good in that response and that the stuff before that didn't matter. I thought the pass protection was about as bad as it has been all season. According to PFF, J.J. McCarthy pressured on nine of his 24 dropbacks. He was sacked four times coming into the game through six games. He was sacked only three times. Okay, And he probably should have been sacked more times this year, but his mobility has gotten him out of those situations, as we talked about with him being able to make the magic happen. But Carson Barnhart, not his best game at all at right tackle. 
He allowed two pressures, according to PFF. I thought it was actually more than that. Both of the sacks that were charged to the offensive line were charged to Carson Barnhart on PFF. Ladarius Henderson at left tackle. He allows two pressures as well. But J.J. McCarthy took too many hits. There's no question about that in this game. I also thought they shouldn't have run a design run to him. Uh, it kind of mid late third quarter before they took him out. He took an unnecessary hit there as well. He said, uh, or John Jansen said on the post game radio show that that JJ said that about forty different people have told him, "Hey, don't spin." You know, quarterback spinning is kind of dangerous. Don't take hits that you don't need to take. And then the run game too. I mean, JJ did have six rushes for fifty yards when you take out the sacks. Blake Corum was good. You know, didn't think he got into enough of a rhythm, and they're not running him that much. They're trying to get Donovan Edwards some run. They're trying to get Ben Hall at the end of the game, some run. And, and obviously you don't want the starters in there anyway, when you have the game. So in hand, they're out, you know, no Kalel Mullings in this game. They were without him. Um, but I thought the run game could have been a little bit cleaner, not overly worried about it. Just because I think that once they get in some of these bigger games where they need to lean a little bit more on Blake Corum, they're going to be able to do that. Uh, but looking at the stats on the run game here, 42 rushes, 163 yards, 3.9. Again, sack adjusted. That's 4.9 yards per carry. So better than uh, than maybe it shows up on the stat sheet, but I think still could be a little bit better. I think the coverage, they're not playing good quarterbacks. They're not really playing great receivers yet this year, but I think the coverage is a little bit of a question mark, especially at that second corner spot opposite of Will Johnson. Um, so you kind of want to clean some of that up as well. They're playing soft out there. I think some better teams are going to be able to exploit them, but at the same time, that's kind of their formula. Ben don't break. So we'll kind of see how it looks going forward, but it is Michigan state week. So make sure to head to the Wolverine.com for all of your Michigan football coverage. We got all of that over there and you can sign up right now. Special deal coming this week, half off an annual subscription to the Wolverine.com that will be live on Monday morning as well as $1 for your first month of premium access. So this is a perfect time to join us right now during the stretch run for the Michigan Wolverines. Again, like this video on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our channel, head to the Wolverine.com and we'll see you next time.